1: Welcome to City of God, a podcast of the Center for Public Theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Dr. Owen Strand, and I'll be your host. Join us each week as we engage the city of man with the biblical wisdom of the city of God. A crisis will either make you or break you. People of various worldviews can affirm some kind of formulation like that, but as Christians, we recognize that by the grace of God, even in very difficult circumstances, we can not only survive but by God's sheer kindness, thrive. The coronavirus epidemic, pandemic really, that has swept across the globe in recent days has reoriented our lives. It has caused many of us to go indoors and to separate from one another. In fact, according to public policy, public diktat, we are supposed to be inside and supposed to be distanced from one another in America and even beyond uh, unless we absolutely must be out and about. Going to the grocery store, that sort of thing, what are we to do as believers in such times? How can we use this season uh, such that it can be a time not merely of surviving but god willing of of thriving? I want to give you today on the podcast seven points to think about in this season of pandemic in this time when many of us are out of our normal routines, our patterns are disrupted we're feeling challenged and perhaps even a little bit dazed and confused in terms of our daily routine. What are we supposed to do when we can't go to work like we normally do, when we don't see the people we normally see? We can't gather with our church on Sunday and other days throughout the week and different programs. Uh, we can't even necessarily go to our classes and this sort of thing as a student. How are we supposed to live right now? You know, that that is one of the fundamental questions that Christianity has always sought to offer. How now shall we live? I think of that famous framing by Francis Schaeffer, uh, a thinker of, uh, of great importance, one I hold in very high regard and I would encourage you to read and study up on. Schaeffer <clears throat> offered his answer to this question in both video series and in book format, how should we live? I think that question recurs in our time. It will continue recurring uh, until the end of the age, until Jesus returns. It's good then to ask, how should we live now? In in one sense, of course, Christians are going to answer these sorts of questions in familiar ways. In other words, we should live now— Uh, in much the same way that Christians have lived in every season, facing all sorts of trials and challenges and difficulties. So much about our answer is not going to change. In another sense, we do recognize that we're facing unique circumstances in 2020 in the midst of a global pandemic that has, as I have said, reoriented much of our daily lives. Here are seven commitments then for you to think through and perhaps even prioritize as God leads as you consider these in this unique time. First, in this season of pandemic— Thanks to the coronavirus, I think that we should focus on maintaining a Godward focus. Maintain a Godward focus. In other words, we should not go through a crisis and a pandemic the way unbelievers should. We should have a steadfastly, even tenaciously committed Godward focus. We are not atheists. We are not practical atheists. We are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have not gotten here because of our own efforts. Or our own personal virtue, our own faith choice, even though God has caused us to have faith. He has given us the gift, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, of faith. Nonetheless, we are not practical functioning atheists or even functioning deists. We are Christians. We have been gripped by the grace of God and through the mercy of God, we are born again and we have been born into a living hope. We know the living God. We are not left adrift on the seas of the cosmos to figure out our own destiny, uh, to make some kind of meaning in a cosmos that has no meaning. No, God is real. God exists. God is ruling over all things. God is providentially directing everything to perfect resolution in his Son, Ephesians 1, to 3-14. So, friends, maintain a Godward focus in this season. Are there things that are very serious to think through? Yes, there are might we or our loved ones uh, face um, getting coronavirus and, and death and trial and challenge in different ways, suffering? Yes, we may. Nonetheless, we are fundamentally Christians, and so we seek to, by God's grace, maintain a Godward focus. Number two, I would say to you to strive to be steady, regular, if you will, in your spiritual devotions. It's a great time for us all to go back to basics and be in the word and in prayer if we can. Uh, My personal target is to be in the word and prayer for 20 to 30 minutes apiece on a given day. Not every day uh, is the same and allows for that kind of commitment, and yet that is, as I say, my personal goal. Now, you may have a system that serves you, that fits you. If so, praise God. If it's a biblical one, if you've developed it according to biblical prerogatives and teachings. Praise God. Go with gusto in that. I simply want to say that my personal focus is being in the Word for a sustained time each day. I don't think that I get a gold badge if I hit 31 minutes of Bible reading or prayer or something like this. That is not my focus. My whole life is lived out of the overflow of divine grace. And yet I do want to to be going deep in the Word of God and not just skimming the surface. And then I want as much as I can to be praying and committing my heart and my life, my beloved family, my wife, my three children, friends, family, loved ones, my church, the cause of the gospel to God each day as much as I can. None of us, of course, will master prayer. None of us will pray as we should in a perfect sense on any day, and yet we should strive to be steady in spiritual devotion. Third, if you have a family and in particular if you are a husband of a wife and father of children, lead your family well. Strive to lead your family well in the overflow of divine grace, every day commit yourself afresh to being a Christ like head and in an Ephesians five, twenty two to thirty three sense. First and foremost, at the head of your wife in other another Words, uh, a loving authority of your wife, and then by extension, a loving authority to your children. This is not easy for those of us men who are sinners. (laughs) That's all of us. Nonetheless, God's grace is powerful and all sufficient for everything that we need on a daily basis. So we have, in other words, all the spiritual equipment we need to lead our family well. Men, our families need us in this time. Our wives need us in this time. First Peter 3 describes the wife as the one who is a weaker vessel compared to the man. There's different things to say about that text, but one of the takeaways we Christian men should have in engaging First Peter 3, 1-7, to seven, is that we should treat our wife with respect and love and dignity. We should lead her well. We should listen well as she unburdens herself to us, as she will need to do in a, in a weird season like this. We should treat our wife not as if she is common pottery, but as if she is fine china or delicate crystal. In other words, weaker vessel language does not actually mean any kind of uh, bad sense of womanhood. It actually means that the woman, the wife, is, is in a sense reverenced by the man, treasured by the man, protected by the man. This is a high call, and it's one that challenges and frankly, convicts every last one of us men and every last one of us husbands. This is not easy. The prerogatives of Christianity are not supposed to be easy, and they aren't. This is a high calling, but men, Christian men, let's daily strive to lead our family well. Let's be taking our families into the scriptures. Let's be leading in prayer. Let's be having fun with our wife and with our children, especially our children. They need us in a profound way. Right now, let's not be tuned out. Let's go back to that example of Jesus, the perfect head in Ephesians 5, and let's pray. Let's pray for God to work in us, to change us and shape us and remold us, remake us in the image of Jesus Christ, the true head, knowing that this is supposed to be a humbling experience. It is, again, for all of us men in this role. But that's exactly where God wants us, and this is a great time for us to grow and leading our family well. Look, if our lives have been superheated in that very customary modern American way, if we have barely seen our wife, barely seen our children in whatever season we are, this is a terrific time for us. It's a very hard time. It's a very sad time for many. But if we have before us a family, this is a tremendous time to recommit ourselves to our loved ones and to lead them well by the grace of God. Again, to take them deep into the scripture, to model a life of prayer, uh, to be talking about spiritual things, to be reading good resources with our family, to focus the conversation on how even in a difficult season like this, God is blessing us and not doing evil to us. In these ways, let's lead our family well men. This is our This is our God-given calling. Fourth, we can get a game plan for our daily tasks. In other words, instead of letting uh, the day hit us <laughs> and break upon us and mystify us as to what exactly we are supposed to do, which is a feeling I think all of us experience right now. It's understandable to experience that right now. But at a certain point, we we have to take stock of where we are, and then we have to commit ourselves to taking dominion of our day and not having our day take dominion of us. This could be easier said than done, and yet we need a game plan For how we are going to be in the word, how we're going to be in prayer, how we're going to love those around us, how we're going to get our work done that we need to get done. Men working to provide, women working in their ways, whether they have to provide for themselves or whether they are making a home for their loved ones. We're all working, aren't we? Men are working, and women absolutely are working. Contra the stereotype of the Christian wife, the stay at home mom who works harder than a stay-at-home mom. Many of us are seeing this afresh right now. We need a game plan for this, though. We need to figure this out. We need structure in our lives. It's not that there's no place, of course, for spontaneity and fun and flexibility. Of course there is. But flexibility flourishes when there is structure. So here again, a a call once more to men to to lead out in figuring out this game plan. Enlist your wife. Get her wisdom in figuring this out. But whether you're married or not, again, my, my challenge to you, To think through in your own way, in your own situation, get a game plan. Figure out how you're going to seize the day, not how the day is going to seize you. This is a great way, in other words, for you not to drift into patterns of sin. This is a great time for you not to fall into consuming pornography. This is a great time for you not to uh, drift into the trap of laziness, gluttony, whatever it may be. This is a tremendous time to recommit ourselves to grace, power, discipline, uh, to serving God and not serving the flesh. Fifth, then, you use your time as you're able, as you're able, for reading and growth. Now let me say a word here before I expound on that briefly. Um, it may be the case that actually um, what is on your plate is now much more full. Your plate is much more full in this season because let's say your kids have come home, And so if you're a wife and a mother right now and you're listening to this, you may actually have more on your shoulders, not less. There's not a one-size-fits-all experience right now in this season of pandemic. People are in different situations. You yourself listening to my voice right now know whether you need a challenge because you have a lot more time to fill, which very much may be the case, or whether actually your margin has been vacuumed up because of this unique season. You know that, and and you will need before the Lord to figure out whether you need to seize the time in the sense of filling it, or whether you are going to need to simply get through this season by the grace of God. Whatever the case is, if you have quiet time, so to speak, seize it. Use it for reading, use it to dive into a good book, good spiritual theological resource that has been languishing on your shelf those books languish on your shelf as they do mine, it should be said. Let's figure out what time we have, and then if we have time, let's really prioritize it in order to grow. Sixth, let's serve our church as we're able. This isn't an easy one to figure out right now, of course, because many of the customary ways of serving our church are going to involve personal connection, embodiment, presence, and these sorts of things. And yet, as we can, Let's serve our church. This is going to require creativity, uh, and yet let's let's seek to do that. Let's seek to ping in with friends and m- church members and encourage our pastors and these sorts of things in this time. Seventh and finally, let's be careful about social media. Um, I would very much caution you against an unbroken stream of social media consumption. It's not hard to fall into those kind of patterns for all of us today. But I would very much say to you, be very careful about that. In actual fact. I don't think this is a new note to sound in this weird season of coronavirus pandemic. I think this is what we should always be practicing. I don't think any one of us should be drinking deeply from the well of social media. I think it's best, as I can see things, to dip in and dip out. Um, If if you're going to be on social media, to do so very carefully, with great discernment, with much discipline. And if you do use it, and you don't need to, (laughs) in my view, not at all. In fact you may need to get off different platforms you may need to be off all platforms that may be what brings spiritual health into your life let that be said nonetheless if you are on social media as i myself am engage it very carefully right now it's easy to go down a rabbit hole of discouragement and paranoia and get freaked out frankly by reading all sorts of material it's easy to be um it's easy to be discouraged by seeing what other people are doing and thus um, driven into a false sense of shame and guilt by what you 're not doing, be careful live in the real world that 's where God wants us now let me con- let me conclude this podcast by saying this we have we have a strong doctrine of crisis as evangelicals as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that Jesus entered in to our chaos. This is an unsettling time. Um, the world is disrupted, and your patterns and mine are very much disrupted. Just recall this. Recall this, I would say, above all, that Jesus entered into our mess and our chaos, our our brokenness, most importantly, to defeat sin, Satan, death, and hell. He went to the cross, he shed his blood for us, and in God's kindness, he rose again from the dead three days later. This means that the note we end things on. is not a note of, of fear or terror or anxiety or speculation. The note we end things on is victory and triumph and hope. Right now, we have travail in this world. We really do. But we must keep before our eyes the reality that we are headed to the celestial city. We are headed for heaven and beyond that, the new heavens and new earth. There is much chaos and, and much tumult in this world right now, but Revelation 21, tells us the truth, tells us that we will soon be with God forever in the new heavens and new earth. Let that encourage you right now. While much of life seems unsettled, know, know with certainty that the future is settled. It is sure God will bring us Thanks for listening to City of God, a podcast at the Center for Public Theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. We're so thankful you stopped by. We encourage you to continue to join the conversation at cpt.mbts.edu, the official website of the center. And we encourage you to follow us on Twitter and Facebook as well. Join us in coming days as we continue the conversation on what it means to be the city of God in the city of man.